Welcome, it's indisputable, I'm your host. Rashad Richard gonna be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today, breaking down news of the day. We got Wozni, host of Woke Bros and writer at The Ringer. Also breaking down in the debate segment, excuse me. My debate guest for the bullpen will be John Miltimore, managing editor of Fee.org. And he has a long extensive resume with various publications. We're gonna chop it up. We're gonna talk about mask, mask mandates. Schools with masks and the authority of governments to regulate such. Top story of the day, police chief sexually harasses one of the other police officers, his captain. And he gets a 10 day suspension and then it's uncovered during the investigation. Not only does he do it, but others in the department and their leadership, they do it as well. None of them get fired. They get a slap on the wrist. Let me take you to a place called Lawrenceville, Georgia. Let's put up the picture of the chief. That's the leader. He's the leader of the Lawrenceville City Police Department. A sexual harassment investigation in Lawrenceville, Georgia has led to action against the top two officers in the police department, including that man, Chief Tim Wallace. That's Chief Wallace. He has been suspended for a whopping 10 days without pay. Let me give you some background. The investigation determined that Wallace, the chief, did in fact make sexist remarks to a female officer who secretly recorded the conversation. That's according to a 33 page report obtained by the Atlanta Journal Constitution on Thursday. They were able to get it through an open records act request. Here's what he said, and I quote, you walk around here looking like a Hooters girl when the air conditioner is not working. The report quotes Chief Wallace saying, are you working here or are you working at Hooters? Question mark, <laughs> go get you some orange shorts on. The report also cited Wallace was creating a hostile work environment. It gets deeper, there's much more. The report reveals a culture of sexism, where you don't say. A culture of sexism that some employees said goes back years and has continued in certain corners of the department. Some female employees told the investigator they felt undervalued, while men who were part of the good old boy network who committed bad behavior were protected. Uh, let's put up a picture of the city manager. The city manager, his name is Chuck. That's good old Chuck Warbington. Chuck is actually in charge of the police department because they have what's called a weak form of mayor system where the mayor is not the executive in charge of the city, but the city manager is. He's the guy in charge. Let's put up a picture of the chief again. Let's put up a picture of the city manager. There's a theme here, I'm going to break it down. Now, let me remind everyone that in places where historical biases exist, it does not simply exist in the context of racial bias. It exists in the context of gender bias. It exists and expresses itself in various ways, including sexism, which you see right here. While the Lawrenceville Police Department has made some strides to diversify its workforce. 
and make it more professional, some of the old mentality still seems to exist. That's according to the report, the official report. Chief Wallace, who has led the department since 2018, wasn't the only person disciplined as a result of the investigation. His assistant chief, the assistant chief, Major Myron Walker will receive, here it is, verbal counseling. Verbal counseling. So his assistant chief, he's disciplined, the chief is disciplined. The chief gets 10 days suspension, gets to come back. The assistant chief, we're gonna talk to him. We're gonna call that verbal counseling, write it up. Show them. Uh, the former captain, Oh, there's more, always is. The former captain, Christopher Ryan Morgan, was found to have violated the city's harassment policy. Damn, another one. Morgan declined to be interviewed by the city's investigator. So what did Morgan do? Morgan got his retirement on. He retired before the probe was finished. You know why he retired? Because they let him, all right? He was probably more guilty than any of them. He retired, he ran. Wallace, the chief, has been with the city of Lawrenceville since 1996. Real good old boy here, holding both the rank of captain and lieutenant, according to state records. He began his career with a five year stint as a deputy with the Gwinnett County Sheriff's Department. The city announced that it was updating its training and would make clear its communication process for submission of confidential employee complaints. Who's the mayor? His name is David Steele. Let's put up Mayor Steele's picture. All right, let's play a game here. Let's put up the picture of the chief. Let's put up a picture of the city manager. And let's put up a picture of the mayor. Hmm. According to the filings, those three gentlemen oversee an operation that allows for sexual harassment to go unpunished to the degree that it should. It's not punished. Okay, um, I tell people this all the time, Waz. In places where there's institutional bias, it expresses itself in many ways. And in this instance, we're not doing a story on racism. We're doing a story on sexism and genderism, sexual harassment against female employees only. That's what this story is about. And once again, the hand of management in this city government decided to protect those who were the perpetrators and do absolutely nothing meaningful. They didn't even get fired. Thoughts? You know, it's interesting that you bring up the word culture, Dr. Richie, because culture, all it is, is an accepted group of behaviors mm. and rituals, right? And who sets the culture? It's the people at the very top because they're the ones who are able to hold the other people accountable. They're the ones with the authority if a subordinate does something that's out of line to hold them accountable, punish them, make an example, show that this is not an acceptable group of behaviors. And if you got the people at the very top participating in abhorrent behavior, it's gonna permeate the entire operation. That seems obvious. And as far as reprimands, man, like even if you say you're not gonna fire these dudes, 
I gotta say a demotion has to at least be in order here. Like you mm. no longer get to be in charge of yeah. things. Maybe you don't lose your job, you don't lose your pension, you don't lose your paycheck, but public ridicule and a demotion where you no longer get to call the shots should be in order here. The idea that this guy could you know, preside over this unruly ass atmosphere and then just be like, all right, just go chill at home with the wife and kids for 10 days. And come on back and go right back into you know setting the agenda for this organization. Yep. That's just crazy to me. Yeah, but it's normative, and that's why we expose it. A black officer goes into a Walmart and gets arrested because they think he's stealing. According to Walmart loss prevention, he matches the description of a suspect. Oh, it's real. Let's put this brother's picture up. A prison corrections officer in Clinton County, Georgia is now suing a local Walmart after he was detained and handcuffed. They arrested him after they thought it was a mistake. They thought he was a serial shoplifter, all right? Um, this is Extreme. So the Walmart security officials mistook David Connors. Officer Connors was not the man they were looking for. They thought they had caught him on camera shoplifting at the store, continued to detain Officer Connors even after he showed them proof that they had the wrong person. By pointing out that he has multiple tattoos on his arms while the person in the footage did not. So think about how crazy this is. Literally, the police officer or the corrections officer has been arrested by Walmart loss prevention. He has handcuffs on him. He doesn't know why this is happening. They're saying, you know what? Not only are you a shoplifter, you're a serial shoplifter. We got the video, buddy. And they show him the video. And he basically does the investigation for them. He says, hey, you know what? Listen, guys, misunderstanding. You see this right here, this is an arm and this arm has no tattoos, my arm does. That is not me, all right? You are doing the classic, every black man looks the same routine. And I'm not the black man in this video. Officer Connor said, and I quote, I ain't never shoplift a day in my life. Connors told the officers repeatedly, you got the wrong man. In addition to pointing out the tattoos, Connors presented officers with two forms of identification, including one that revealed his job as a corrections officer. Police said they had to investigate the claims and he was handcuffed because he was agitated. Well, damn, I didn't know being agitated means you gotta have on handcuffs. I mean, that's a new law, I guess. Didn't know they passed that one. They also said Officer Connors had the same build as the suspect. And matters were complicated because both had on masks. Well, there you have it, damn it. Black man with a mask, similar bill. What are we supposed to do here? Follow the law? You got to think about how ridiculous that sounds, right? I mean, it's a mask. You have a similar bill. You know how many white people would go to jail because white folks with masks look like another white person with a mask? But it doesn't happen like that, does it? We're not reporting on those stories because they're not out there. No officer would run up and say, you know, white guy, you look like somebody else with a mask on, similar bill. I'm gonna put on handcuffs. I'm gonna put handcuffs on you. Doesn't happen. All right, um, 
this could be anybody. I could have walked in there and it could have been me who got arrested. His attorney said Connors was finally released after the officers FaceTimed someone familiar with the case. And that looked at Connors and said he was not the suspect. So literally they had to get somebody else to validate. Even though the information and evidence is in front of them, he's not the person. They had to FaceTime somebody to get them to validate that this officer is not a serial shoplifter. Now, I do hope to my brother, let's put this picture up again. All right. I do hope this has been a lesson both ways for Walmart, loss prevention, the officers who investigated, and to that officer as well. Because I'm sure he's heard, listen, officer, I'm not guilty. They got the wrong man. This is a mistake. Something went wrong. And I hope today as an officer, even though this is a bad situation, I do not wish this upon anybody. As an officer, maybe he's more sensitive to the cries of others who have been prosecuted by the police, falsely accused by those around them. Officer Connors told WSB TV2, that the incident made him reconsider things he believed about police officers racially profiling black men. He said, and I quote, I really start thinking about a lot of things more. I never racially profiled, he explained. Connors also said that he could have potentially lost his job if he'd had to face criminal charges for shoplifting. You know why he did not go to jail for shoplifting? Because he had a badge in his pocket. They gave him a little leeway. Those officers said, well, let's do the extra step and let's FaceTime somebody. If he did not have that badge on him, they would have said, let's go the extra step and let a judge figure this out. We're gonna take your ass to jail. Walmart says you're a serial shoplifter. This looks like you with a mask on, we're gonna take you to jail. We don't care that it doesn't match, we're gonna take you to jail. He proves that the system is still biased even against people like him. Totally innocent, works in the system, works for the system. And now he thinks about the system in a different way. It's sad it takes a personal experience for you to realize the systemic failures around you. Waz, what are your thoughts on this one? It's tough watching a cop have his Negro moment right in the damn Walmart. Walmart. You realized these people, tend not to make a distinction. You can be an upstanding citizen. Hell, you can be an officer of the law, your damn self. These folks tend to not make the distinction. And office, I mean, listen, like <laughs> I think about like my iPhone or whatever and how powerful that camera is, right? Like the idea that these people don't have cameras, that you can't just look at two people and say, This is not the guy and he's doing your job for you by pointing out, look, there are markers, I have tats, I have this, I'm not the same size as him, yada, yada, yada. Um, That's just amazing for me. And and, you know, last but not least, the fact that this man's livelihood was put on the line because these jokers just literally are horrible at their job. Just think about that, like this guy could have lost his job because these loss prevention folks are so inept at theirs. That's just a scary thought. And you know, I'm glad he's suing these people. And I hope that he wins. And I hope that it causes these people to reevaluate how they go about doing their business. Cause obviously they're doing a horrible job.
Yeah, and if you do just a simple search about Walmart and racism, you will find story after story, video after video, video of in particular black people being harassed by members of the Walmart team. All right, so this is not new. It made the headlines because he is an officer. All right, there's a new sheriff in town, the first black one. Put up his picture. This is a good story, all right? This is a racist cop's worst nightmare. A white deputy is being sued for years of alleged racist insults, name calling towards black subordinates, and the first black sheriff in history of Wyoming has had enough. There he is, his name is Aaron Epelons. He was hired back in February 2021. That's the white deputy he fired. All right. Now, why did he fire this white deputy? Let's go back to the deputy fire. Okay. This guy had so many complaints against him for being racist against subordinates, insulting them, name calling. All right. Um, this has been extreme. The white deputy is a former. Albany County Patrol Sergeant Christian Hanley, who is being sued by Corporal Jamin Johnson, who quit in 2017 after years of dealing with the alleged racist remarks from Hanley. According to the AP, the Associated Press, there was an alleged incident where the officer, the white male, Hanley, was driving past Johnson's home, his home now. And as Johnson was leaving his house with his wife and kids, Deputy Hanley, yelled out the N word, Uh, that's according to the official report. The lawsuit says Hanley later apologized for the incident because he didn't realize his family was there. I am so sorry, (laughs) I did not realize your family, so sorry. Um, Even if his family wasn't there, the alleged uh, racist comments are still racist. You see how that works? They're racist no matter who's there. Doesn't matter if Johnson's family was there or not, Johnson is suing Hanley and is seeking damages for the years of racism he allegedly had to deal with. Hanley used racial slurs to refer not only to Johnson, but to black citizens he came in contact with on the job, including four University of Wyoming students who were in a vehicle he once pulled over, according to Johnson's lawsuit against Hanley, filed January 18th in the US Supreme Court in Cheyenne. The suit did not provide the reason for the stop. All of the alleged racist incidents against Johnson took place years before the new sheriff of Albany County, who was not aware of what was going on until shortly after he was brought to the job. But he has made some changes to ensure incidents like this do not occur again, according to the AP. Hanley's racial insults went much farther than just calling Johnson the N-word. Allegedly, Hanley told Johnson that being intimate with a black woman would be degrading. Internal investigations found that Hanley's racism was well known and would lead him getting promotions and preferential treatment over Johnson, who was more experienced. Damn, that's what it gets you in the workplace, all right? Hanley began subjecting Johnson to overt 
and abhorrent racism when they were both deputies from 2011 to 2014. And Johnson was the department's only black officer, the lawsuit alleges. Hanley nonetheless climbed the ranks in the sheriff's office, becoming part of the department's old boys club and the trusted voice in personal decisions, the lawsuit claims. Soon after being promoted to patrol sergeant, Hanley wrote a performance review accusing Johnson of engaging in several forms of misconduct over the previous year, which meant that Hanley was taking notes on Johnson and decided to unleash pent up racism after becoming his boss, according to the lawsuit. Hanley also wrote several other sham disciplinary actions against Johnson, all designed to force his resignation, according to the lawsuit. Let's put up the picture of the brother that is the worst nightmare of a racist cop. I mean, look, that brother got dreads, he's comfortable in his skin, and he didn't play that game. Wise leadership matters, brother. You agree? Absolutely. Uh, this is the antithesis of what we saw down in Gwinnett County, your neck of the woods, yep. uh, Dr. Ritchie. Um, and you know, first of all, can we please revisit? I did call him a racial slur, but I didn't mean to do it in front of his wife and kids. <laughs> right, that was his excuse. <laughs> and to him, that was a very valid excuse, right? <laughs> That's that's just that's just incredible. And another thing that struck me, Dr. Richie, is like, you know how racist you gotta be to hate black people in Wyoming? There's like three of us up there. Like, damn, you like I didn't really think of that, brother. It. You know what I, I mean? Like some like sometimes I think about places like Mississippi where there are a lot of black people and white and black people are living within close proximity of each other. And you think to yourself, all right, you know, familiarity can sometimes breed contempt. You kind of understand it, but like, bro, like you don't have to deal with black people. Yeah. And your limited interactions with them just drives you to just such deep-rooted, deep-seated hate. It's it's just craziness to me. And it literally took a new sheriff to get rid of him when it was well known that he was a racist cop. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. Welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let's get to it before I go to the show. Man, my big homie JR has been on fire. The watch list. I watched it today. I watched it yesterday. I'm addicted. All right. You got to make sure you watch the watch list, JR Jackson live weekdays, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time. All right. He covers so much ground news, politics, culture, current events, sports, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel right. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. You're going to you're going to come to my car? You know what? You need to relax with your little attitude. She just assaulted me. You just assaulted me. You just assaulted me. You took my phone. Shut the just assaulted me. You're just a little Bro, you just assaulted me. Oh, I assaulted you. You just assaulted me. You literally snatched my phone from me. Are you your attitude? Are you kidding me? You driving a G-Wagon and you act like this? This is how the rich act? This is how the rich act? I have your license plate, you idiot. No, hit me. Bro, get in your car and grow up. Can someone call the cops? Like, can someone call the cops? Like, what the You're the one in the I wagon. Wagon. And I I a wagon! And I want my ass 
I got more. We've learned something interesting here. You know, we're keeping a log of new lessons we learned about Karen's. Karenicity enhances when they drive a G Wagon. <laughs> That's what we've learned. Uh, let's put up a picture. We know who she is. One, she's a Trump supporter, no surprise there. Uh, her name is Jennifer Couture. Uh, she is from, of all places, where? Florida. Yep, Fort Myers to be exact. She runs a hair extension company in the area. Those are hair extensions. Now, one of the pictures is her at some kind of costume party kissing a make believe Donald Trump. And the Donald Trump is grabbing her by the you know what? Because obviously, that's completely acceptable to her. All right. Was this woman damn near? Ran over a pedestrian in a parking lot. Ah, oh, man. Um, you wonder what kind of people would show up to a Halloween party with a costume that, you know, uh, just beyond the pale. Uh, the type of person that might run you over in a parking lot of a Planet Fitness. You know, uh, it's <laughs> it's it's kind of it's kind of scary. And that, and that costume is just it's just so weird to celebrate something like that, right? Like the idea that you would celebrate men grabbing women up, um, uh, you know, against their will. It's just so strange to be yeah. like. That's why people say Donald Trump is a cult leader, because it's just like every behavior is justified. You can't just say, well, he messed that up, but he's great on immigration. You can't just do that, right? You have to you have to go in line with literally everything this man does and says, no matter how disgusting it is. And yeah, the, the, the G-Wagon of it all, man, yo, them, them weaves is moving. <laughs> They're moving, Rich, obviously. Like, they, those extensions are moving. Uh, you brought up a great point that I would like to echo. The behavior that Trump supporters accept from Trump, they would never accept that behavior from their children, their family members, their parents. They would never accept it. If their parents, their family, their children acted in any way like Trump, they would disown them. That is your first indication that this is not just politics as usual. All right, I got something for everybody. Double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel great! Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. And we're gonna show you something, man. We're gonna show you, you know, this this racist, crazy white European woman, man. This don't make no sense. This woman got binoculars on us watching us. I'm gonna show you something real quick. This don't make no sense. Check this out. We're gonna get her on film. Look at this. See, she got binoculars. You heard that. I'm so thankful this brother was recording. You know, that still could have been deadly for him. If somebody heard that, looked outside of their window, started shooting him because they believed the cries of this white woman who was lying on this black man. That is one of the most scariest positions that a black man can be in.
to be alone outside in any um, in any place where a white woman is yelling rape. He's did nothing wrong. He's done nothing wrong. Now, this is not isolated. Let me take you back to 1955, okay? Emmett Till, remember Emmett Till? Emmett Till, a young black teenager in Mississippi, turned 14 on July 25th, 1955. Almost exactly one month later, he was brutally murdered after being accused of sexually harassing Carolyn Bryant, a white woman in a grocery store. Let's put up there side by side, okay? He was a child, he was a child, white woman yelled rape basically and lied. Decades later, Bryant admitted that she lied and that the parts of her accusation considered most incendiary at the time that Till had grabbed her and made verbal and physical advances on her were untrue, complete lies. Carolyn Bryant never faced any legal consequences for her actions against Teal. You know who else will not face consequences? The white woman you just saw doing the same damn thing. Was what are your thoughts here? I think what you see on that video is is literally the actualization of whiteness being weaponized. Yeah. You know, it's the realization that I can get this guy jammed up by just talking, by just screaming, by just, you know, you don't even have to, first of all, she said that the, the quiet part loud. She's like, oh, this, I want you to think this guy raped me. All she has to do is say, this guy came next to me, this guy was menacing me, this guy was doing all kinds of crazy things. And you know, you think about what could have happened as a result of this. You talk about somebody shooting this guy out of the window. What if somebody just called the cops? And you know the cops like to come squeeze first, ask questions last, you know? Um, this could have got so ugly for this young man. And, and like you said, it is nice that he was able to get this on video. And I wonder like, when something this egregious happens, what are the cops recourse? Like, what do they say to citizens who are doing, who are engaging in this type of dangerous, reckless behavior? Can they even be prosecuted for you know, this type of thing? Cuz this is, this makes the police job harder. That's a fascinating and relevant question. So what jurisdictions are doing, more progressive jurisdictions, they're passing city ordinances that address this kind of specific um, element. Right, so some of them call, they call it Karen laws. If you call the police on somebody because they happen to be black or brown and they're not really bothering anybody. These are menaces, right? These are menacing rules, but once again, very dangerous. And obviously this could have gone very badly for this young brother. Glad it did not, but we highlight this. We are the mirror, not only for reflection, but for correction as well. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Uh, let me read some of these fascinating comments. Uh, Lynn says, is that Karen related to Marjorie Taylor Greene? She looks and acts like her, including groping or being groped by a Trump lookalike. I know, right? Scary, isn't it? Maybe there's a gene involved. There may, maybe there's a genetic element here. I don't know. Shakata, Shakata Ganai Beer Dragon. And one day a Karen will come up to my girlfriend, a five foot Japanese woman with a 
fourth <laughs> with the fourth damn black belt. See, that's where ish gets real. <laughs> I bet it will. All right. Um, architect, I agree, screaming rape, what a piece of you know what. Yeah. Yep. Tank Girls Pet Dragon, that Karen is one that would hit a person while drunk and think it was a dog and keep going. Just saying my opinion. Gucci Mane, I wonder how many black men she's got in trouble back in the 50s and 60s. Trudy Lawrence, it should be a felony for lying. It should be a hate crime, Karen should be behind bars, period. Yeah, uh, is it Dring, Dringer Dragon, is she nibbling Trump's ear? The fake Trump <laughs> at that, um, all right. A police officer has been fired for tasering a black man in a wheelchair who's elderly. Here's the video. Dude, you got a warrant for your arrest because yeah. you, you you fought with a law enforcement officer no. and you had a court date. You never touched no, the court no, date. No, no, no. You, you had cocaine on you, you had marijuana on you, you had marijuana on you. Yep, so you, no, you no. didn't go to court, so you got a no, warrant for your court date. Either stand up, either stand up, or I'm gonna. I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. Just drop, drop that down. Okay. We'll give your bottle of water back. Okay. Well, what could they have? I'm not. Come on, come on. We can talk about this. Okay, come on, come on. I'm not going anybody. Stand up. Okay, come on. Can you stand or not? Okay, I can stand. You can't stand. What could they? I'm okay. Come on, Lowry. Come on, Lowry. Come on, Lowry. Put your hand behind your back. Okay, what's going on though? What's going on? Oh, 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 in a wheelchair, he did something called dry tasing. That's when you press the taser against the body. It's brutal, very brutal. That cop has been fired. This happened in St. Petersburg. The officer was fired after quickly turning to a stun gun. His department said he had a duty to deescalate and he chose not to investigate to say the officer Used it while the suspect was not physically resisting, even though his report said, "Oh, he was being violent." The department said, "No, you're lying about that part." We saw the video, but then later noticed in his report that he put the suspect was resisting with violent force. All right, none of that ever happened. So this took place back in June of 2021. The owner of a Chevron gas station made a trespassing request due to a panhandler at the store located at 4890 22nd South Avenue. Officer Matthew Covender and his partner arrived before 5 p.m. 
and he found the 64 year old Mr. Timothy Grant. Officer Matthew Covender was sworn in March 3rd, 2020. We got his picture, that's his swearing in photo. This is Timothy Grant, Mr. Grant on the ground outside of the convenience store, okay? According to the police chief, the officer stated they saw Grant walking around. Really? <laughs> but at the time of the arrest, he was seated in the wheelchair before ending up on the ground. So they lied on the police report. So bottom line is, they filed a police report, they lied. They said he was physically violent against police officers. They said he was walking around, that's how he ended up out of his wheelchair. They lied, right? You know, filing a false police report is in fact a crime. That's punishable by prison time, but typically that's not enforced with police officers. Now, if you mess around and file a false police report, you'll go to jail. I'll go to jail. For them, you know, they get to resign or perhaps be fired. They ran his name and learned he had five active warrants, one of which was for a failure to appear in court. The police department released body camera footage from the second officer at the scene, showing Officer Cavender explain those previous charges as being drug related. Let's put up a picture of the chief of that department, Anthony Holloway. The chief said Cavender dry stunned Mr. Grant four times, meaning the prongs didn't activate, but an electrical shock went through the body directly. That's how they decided to handle a senior citizen in a wheelchair. All right, Holloway on on Cavender's police report, he said, and I quote, in the report, he said that Mr. Grant was resisting with violence. Mr. Grant was not resisting with violence. The police chief is calling bull on the report. The chief said that the police department policy is to review every use of force incident. Cavender's supervisor reviewed the report and the body camera video and forwarded the materials for an internal investigation. Who filed the complaint? Okay, Holloway said, and I quote, the victim did not complain. The victim didn't file it. The people at the scene did not complain. It was who? The supervisor, the supervisor. I want to commend my supervisor for seeing something wrong and taking care of it. I wish you would have intervened. I wish your supervisor would have intervened. But a supervisor did this, good. It's a start, still doesn't justify a 64 year old elderly man being treated that way in a wheelchair and then being lied on. Without that video, his life would be a lot worse right now because he would have been found guilty of every single charge they put in that report. Details on Officer Cavender hired back in March 2020 had no prior actions against him. The final report will be forwarded to the state to determine if He can retain his certification, but he can make an appeal. Officials said there will likely be no criminal charges filed against Cavender since there did not appear to be any evidence of intent, all right? Holloway still cannot explain why Cavender used his taser. Officers are trained every year and all officers are supposed to be trained on de-escalation. He said each officer has eight months of training before they are out on the street. And they are trained to not use their taser unless absolutely required, all right? When we interviewed the officer, this is the chief talking about Cavender. When we interviewed the officer, at first he said it was the stress level when he got there. He heard that one of the warrants was resisting arrest with violence. 
All we can assume is he was thinking that Mr. Grant was going to fight him. Again, not thinking about de-escalation. He has been trained to de-escalate first. All right, that's bull. You know, this is an elderly man in a wheelchair. You're talking about get up, stand up. You dump him out of the wheelchair. Come on now, let's be real. All right, wise thoughts here. Yeah, if there was some de-escalation going on, I would love to see where that actually happened. I, I, I didn't see any de-escalation. I saw a guy sort of lose his temper and get impatient with a dude who, again, is elderly and you know could have been impaired, could have not been, but whatever. Like when he asked him what was what was the problem, he said, "Oh, last time we saw you, you had cocaine and weed on you." Whoop the freaking do, big freaking deal. This as if this is some scary, hardened criminal that the public needs to be scared of. We got to take him down immediately. It's like <laughs> this is absurd, right? And again, what he was being, what what they were called on the scene for was a guy loitering, right? And like I, I asked these cops, like when you tase a dude for this, like. Who's in imminent danger here? You know, I guess you could say like, oh, we don't got all day to deal with this dude, but like, I think you do. I think this is your job, honestly. Yeah. Like, this is what you got called for. That's obviously, right. you're not, you know, saving bank, uh, stopping bank robberies or nothing like that. Like, this is literally what you do. You need to practice your job with a little bit of patience and some damn care. You know, these officers I'm about to bring up, they needed that information, advice. That guidance, because what they did was damn insane. Nine different cops shot and killed a mentally disturbed man. Here's the video. Yeah, you heard that, right? You heard the two gunshots at the end of all of those shots. It was like a firing brigade, right? Let me give you background to this. The man they killed did not have a gun. The man was having a mental health crisis. Let me break this down. There's a portion of Interstate 65 in Nashville. It was closed for several hours on Thursday after nearly a dozen local and state law enforcement fatally shot a 37 year old man as he stood in the middle of the freeway. He was going through something. The Metro Nashville Police Department reported Tennessee Highway Patrol patrol troopers and an off-duty Juliet officer fatally shot the man near Harding Place about 10 miles south of downtown. The Tennessee Bureau of Investigations, the TBI, all right? The agency leading the investigation into the shooting identified the man as Landon Estep. The incident began just before 2 p.m. THP Sergeant John Grinder said when a trooper came into contact with a man who had what appeared to be a box cutter on the interstate. Now I want you to pause here in the narrative of the story. He has a box cutter, he's on the interstate, that is not against the law. He has a box cutter, they are aware that he has a metallic box cutter. Not a gun, they are aware that he has a box cutter. Don't forget that point, it's a major point. 
According to the TBI and the Nashville police, the trooper saw a man sitting on the guardrail near mile marker 76 and went back to check on him. At some point he said the man pulled out a box cutter. The trooper attempted to negotiate with each step and soon THP reported an off duty Mount Juliet police officer stopped also, not even part of the scene he stopped when he saw it. Along with backup officers and MNPD and additional THP troopers. So you have multiple agencies, right? Let, let's, let's put the humanity into this for a moment. You have multiple agencies, who's in command? Multiple agencies, everybody's yelling at this guy with guns drawn, okay? You got it all day. He doesn't have a gun, no indication he has a gun, he has a box cutter. You got all day, get behind your squad car, wait him out. It's life, we're talking about life. We're talking about a human being. Where's your negotiator, your real negotiator? Where's your social worker, your psychologist? Where's the person that deals with things like this? Where are they? You got three, four, five different police agencies yelling at a man with guns drawn and he's going through a mental health crisis. The negotiations with East Step aimed at convincing him to surrender. That's according to their report. They continued to do this for how many minutes? 30. I mean, they wasted a whole 30 minutes. Yep. I mean, that that obviously was just a complete waste of their time. They should have stayed out there all day with them. Whatever it takes to save a life. Let's put the humanity back in this. Don't let them take the humanity out of things like this. Don't allow them to make you believe that, oh no, it was no other choice. You know how many times? Cops have been in that situation in particular with white men and white women where they were apprehended and not killed. You can do a simple YouTube search, it's all over YouTube. They took them in, they got them the help they needed, okay? In this case, they decided to kill him. At one point, the man appears to adjust his stance and reach for what is later identified as a metal cylindrical object at his waist. Now, why is that important? That's important. Because when the initial report came out, they said, "Oh, he had this metal thing. It was um, cylindrical. It was uh, it was the box cutter that the trooper already saw. That's what it was. He already saw it. He identified it. He told the other cops he has a box cutter. Okay, so he pulls the box cutter. It looks to be a suicide by cop, but there's no gun. He has a mental health crisis. He's going through a mental health crisis. All right. There's no one trained." To deal with a mental health crisis at the scene. You got random ass cops pulling over, pointing the gun at the man. What happens when social workers coordinate with law enforcement? What happens? Alex Vitale, coordinator of the Police and Social Justice Project at Brooklyn College, said the appeal is clear. In places where the idea has been tried, talking about Social workers, professional staff members, mental health workers responding to these incidents with police officers. Alex says it is clear where this has been tried, the outcome has been, and I quote, fewer ER visits, which are extremely expensive, fewer jailings, which are even more expensive, and fewer police interventions, which come with a huge risk of force. You have police agencies across the country. They are starting to hire full departments dedicated to proper response to mental health crises. Gwinnett County, City of Atlanta, Ithaca, New York, and others, they've already done so. What did this department do? None of that. 
man is dead. Boss, what are your thoughts on this one? Man, I think there's certain segments we do on the show. I don't even think our analysis is even needed. You could roll the tape on that yeah. for anybody with any type of sense, and they'll tell you that was completely <laughs> a horrible outcome, and everybody involved needs to be reprimanded and you know brought to account for this. Cause like you said, man, nine cops all with guns, one guy with a box cutter. I like you know, and the justification is always, man, I feared for my life. Y'all need to stop hiring scared ass cops. Like, how scared can you be of a guy with a box cutter if you got a gun? If yeah. you're supposed to be some well trained public servant, this is just horrible. It's a tragedy. Yeah, and you have non lethal ways to handle things like this. But here's what's interesting when you look at that video, you hear distinctly two gunshots that happened after all of these gunshots, right? The person who fired those last two gunshots, can that person say, you know what, I was in fear for my life. It's ridiculous when you look at this video, it's insane. We have to bring the humanity back to public service. Cops are not Rambo, they are damn public servants that get paid to serve. Our money funds them, all right. Wozni, how can people contact you, brother, follow you? Not contact you, but follow you and check out your <laughs> great work. Of course, of course, check us out at The Ringer. Of course, a lot of NBA content, pop culture content, check us out. Ringer has a trillion op, um, offerings, check us out at TheRinger.com. Uh, subscribe to The Woke Bros with me and Nando Vila, wherever you get your podcasts. And um, yeah, man, check out Wozni every Tuesday night on the TYT Twitch stream. We have fun, we talk politics, we talk food, we talk dating, we talk everything, man. Um, check us out every Tuesday at 5.30 Pacific Standard Time. Always a pleasure, brother. I appreciate you being on the show. Galaxy Brain is next. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.